Hello and welcome to episode 88 of the Post 20 Podcast. My name is Evan. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt. We're going to do a uh, preview this week of the Premier League. Obviously, our meat and potatoes of this show. Um, we're both very excited to be with you. And, and, and with that, I'm going to bring Matt in. What's going on this week? This is possibly the best time of the year. Uh, first episode of August here for us. Um, we got preseason NFL kicking off this week. Uh, Premier League, obviously, next week. Uh, college football, for those college football fans. I know Evan's not too much into it, but um, recent news, Ohio State just got the best quarterback of all time in uh, Quinn Uber. Uh He's skipping his senior year of high school and going st- enrolling straight into Ohio State. Um, huge news there. But yeah, sports world is moving. Um, stadiums are going to be full. Uh, for the Prem especially, so we're going to get the full atmosphere back into these games. No more um, added in sound through the TV, so it's going to be all real, and you'll see the full raw emotion of everybody, so I'm really fucking excited. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm super excited. I just can't wait. I just can't wait for everything to be back. It's so excited for football, but I'm I'm really, really excited for the Prem to be back. It's always just so nice to watch. And you get so much of it in the middle of the week, even sometimes. Just can't wait. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. So the way that we're going to do our predictions, similar to last season. Um. This season, we uh, have some newly promoted teams, of course, as always. Norwich came up, Watford came up, and Brentford came up for the first time in, I think it was like, said 83 years since Brentford was yeah, last I was going to say light. it was almost 100 so that's that's insane so 83 years since they were last up um Brentford like they have a, they're the bees I think they're the bees yep they're um, out of West London yeah so really really nice to see them up we've seen Norwich up we've seen Watford up the past couple of years um so we have a little bit of an expectation about what those teams are going to be like um, but, but this is, this is the whole, the whole, uh, shebang. This is the whole preview. Um, I'm going to read you guys the, the tier list, how it works. Uh, same way we did it last year. We have one category for first, the champions. Um, we have one category second to fourth. Those are the UCL spots. Uh, that includes the, the first obviously as well. Uh, fifth is the Europa League spot. You have six to 10, then you have have 11 to 14, 15 to 17, and then 18 to 20th, those bottom three teams, 18, 19, and 20, are the relegation sides. So the way that we're going to do this, I think, is Matt, like, we'll obviously place, in the first category, we'll just place one. Um, And then, you know, as you go, the furthest to the left will be your highest place. So, you know, if you think, say you think Chelsea's going to play second, you place Chelsea there. Third, you would put in the middle, and then fourth, you'd put all the way over on the right. Is that cool? Yep, that works for me. Do you oh. want to start bottom to top? Um, relegation to champion. That's how we did it last year. Yeah, I think that's a good choice, and and I'll let you since I've been talking so much already. I'll I'll let you lead us off here. So we're obviously going to start off, like I said, bottom to top. So that starts off with the relegation teams. Now, it's very easy to throw. Uh, the newly promoted teams into this tier because they're new into the league, especially for Brentford, a team that has been in the flight for top flights for a long time. Um, 
and they're really just trying to invest as much as they can in new players. Um, so starting off dead last for me, um, going with what I said with newly promoted teams, I think Brentford's going to come in last. Um, they have been very active in the transfer market, um, buying a lot of play, uh, trying to buy top tier players. Um, they kind of reinforce their back line with that Azair, uh 23-year-old. They get a 23-year-old midfielder from Midgelin uh, in Oyaka, and nothing else really. So they haven't really brought in too much Prem experience. And um, they're relying heavily on their star man up front. Uh, Ivan Tooney started yep. his career in Newcastle, uh, loaned out a lot, and has slowly worked his ranks up with those loan teams, moving up the tier list in English football. Uh, and last year, he scored a total of 31 goals uh, in 45 matches played. And the next uh, second on the list is Sergi Kanos with nine. So if at any point in the year, Tooney goes down, um, it is all but over for Brentford. So I think relying only on him is very high, a very high risk for them uh, and can put them in very tricky situations. So that's why I have them in last. Um, 19th, along with Brentford, I'm going with Norwich. Norwich is a shaky team because every year they come up, the following year they just go right back down. Yeah, I don't. They probably are one of the most cursed teams. Them and West Brom, they've been relegated the most. Yep. Uh, since the Prem started. I think they've been relegated like five or six times. Um, they do have a solid manager, I'll say. I love I love um, Daniel Fark. He just signed a uh, four-year extension with the club. So they do believe in him, and I think he's a really nice guy. He kind of gives me like cloth vibes. Uh, just a genuinely nice person. Um, their star man's going to be Pookie. Uh, we've talked about him in the past. Last year, he scored 26 goals in the championship, um, rekindling his fire from in the past. Uh, but they're losing it somebody else huge uh, in Emmy Buendia. Obviously, we've said in the transfer saga of episodes, he was uh, sold to Aston Villa. Uh, and last year, he scored 15 and assisted 15. So losing somebody with that amount um, of firepower and also his skill in assisting players is going to be a massive loss. And in the Premier League, 15 goals is the difference between staying up and going down. So I don't think... They're going to have as much firepower in that category. And also, they haven't really brought in that that uh, much experience. I think they've spent the most, or I shouldn't say they've spent the most, but they've bought the most players, I think. Yeah. Um, Rashika being their most notable attacker as a right winger. A lot of defensive joins, jo- defensive players join the club. Uh, and also, Billy Gilmore goes there from Chelsea. I think he's going to be a very key mo- player for them, holding that midfield, that six role. Um, it's gonna be huge for uh, on his shoulders whether they stay up or go down, but that's a tall task. And then finally, eighteenth, um, the last team going down. I'm not gonna say Watford here. I think it's gonna be a team that's been in the Premier League for five or six years now that have been teetering along that line. I think it's gonna be Brighton. Now, Brighton's main problem over the past couple of years has been scoring. Um, Mupai has been their lead guy only with eight goals, I think, last year. And that's not that is not going to cut it um, for being a top scorer for your club and trying to stay up year after year. So, and I mean they brought in a couple key guys here and there, not really much to shout about. It's mainly been it's mainly been defensive enforcements and a holding mid. So and also the Ben White deal went through. He went to Arsenal, so they lose a key defender there too. So. There's still plenty of time they have until the end of the month to do more business. But as of right now, I think they're going 
and down, and um, their long spell in the Prem is going to end after this year for me. All right. Very comprehensive. So for me, um, in 20th place, I have Norwich. I think they're going right back down. Um, Matt has, has echoed most of the points that I wanted to make about right Sorry. <laughs> um no that's all right i think that's uh, we, a lot of our opinions are are pretty similar um sitting here looking at norwich's death chart the first thing you see on the list is tim cruel um and he's he's ancient i mean it's it's so shocking to me that they just they've made no they've made no attempt to replace the people that they lost uh Barring uh, bringing in Rashka from um, from Werder Bremen, um, I just I think losing Buendia is gigantic. He was a huge part of why they gained promotion. And although Puki had a fantastic year last year, I don't think that they've done enough business um, to compete in a league where every virtually every other team um, has gotten better. Um, I just I can't see them I can't see them staying up like Matt said cursed for the most part uh, up and down them and West Brom and I just think that they're going down this season um, so I have them in twentieth in nineteenth uh, I actually have Brighton um, I don't think they're they're gonna do anything this season Matt has already echoed this as well. Um, Mopai is pretty much their go-to guy, and even he is not... Uh, I don't want to say he's not sharp, but you don't know what you're going to get from Mopai going into any given fixture. You have no idea what he's going to do, if he's going to be on, if he's going to be off, if he's going to be moody, if he's going to scream at the ref, if he's going to get himself sent off or make a bold challenge. These are all things that you have to worry about with Neil Mopai, and... Truly, you have to you have to really rely on him to be your main goal scorer here. So, while I think um, Brighton do have a few other good players, uh, they they lost White, which was big, but um, they have you know the likes of Tariq Lamptey, guys like that. I think those are guys that are going to have to be to be sold on uh, when Brighton inevitably you know places nineteenth and goes down this year. Uh, in eighteenth. I actually have Burnley. I think this is the year that Burnley go down. I just can't see them staying up. They're arch rivals. They are my arch rivals. They give me a lot of trouble every season, and I think this is the year that they really just can't get it done. Um, a really a, a pretty solid defense um, in years past, although last year um, I don't think that they I don't think they were as sharp. Ben me. Uh, Tarkowski, those are Tarkowski was a player that, I mean, he was unreal in the eighteen nineteen season, and then last year in the nineteen twenty or uh, he was unreal in nineteen twenty, and then in twenty twenty one he just fell absolutely flat on his face, wasn't really hardly worth anything. Um, in the midfield, you're relying on the likes of Dwight McNeil to to kind of be your your best guy, and that's just not enough in a, in a league where, like I said, all the other teams got better. Um, and Burnley just don't have the money to necessarily compete. Up top, they, they're not looking for as much. Um, they do have uh, Ashley Barnes, uh, Vidra, who's a, a budding uh, star. I, I even want to say star. I think he has a lot of potential. And Jay Rodriguez, who's a seasoned vet. 
Um, that being said, I don't think they have enough as a unit to outpace and outclass um, the teams in the middle of the table. They're constantly losing and dropping points to those sides. And every once in a while, they'll give you a sneaky draw against a team they're, they're you know, they're much worse than. But it's not common enough where where they get enough draws and steal enough points to keep themselves cemented in the middle of the table. Not not this season, I don't think. Um, so, so I have Burnley in 18th, Brighton in 19th, and Norwich in 20th. Yeah, not too far off. Just one difference there between us. Yep. So I'm really interested to see where you say Brighton or Brentford ends up. I actually, they're they're up next. Yeah. Do you want to go your next run, or you um, want me? Yeah, yeah, I'll go next. So <clears throat> in 17th place, I have Brentford, just, <laughs> just barely escaping the drop. Love it. Let's go. I think the Brentford will stay up. They've exhibited a ton of grit in the past few seasons, managing to get themselves up into the Premier League. That's an absolutely gigantic achievement for a team that hasn't been up in 83, 87, whatever the fuck, uh, however many yeah. years we said. Um, yeah. I think the signing of Ayer is a look into what Brentford want to accomplish. They want to shore up their defense. They understand that they're going to be facing an onslaught of top-class, world-class, best-in-the-world um, attackers. And Ayer... You know, while he's not the best defender they could have signed, um, they did splash a little bit of money on him. They got him from Celtic. He's aware um, of European football. He's played in European football. So he understands. He knows. Um, and that, that should be a signal to anybody wondering about Brentford, what they're looking to achieve. They certainly are, are desiring to stay up, as most teams are. But um, I think I think that they have enough um in Ivan Tony um that they should be able to be fairly dynamic going forward. I've seen enough out of him um in goal compilations and, and some player reviews that I've watched on YouTube um to say that I think he could be a really, really good option um going forward. Um what, what even when you look at some of these other smaller teams, I think he's he's one of the better options, you know. Uh, he's certainly quick. He's a great finisher. He had a ton of goals last season in their promotion season, so that's a really big thing. And then their midfield um, is relatively solid. Onyeka is a guy to look out for. He um, he just signed a five-year deal with Brentford. Um, he was playing for Michelin, so you got, I got to see a little bit of him last season because um, Michelin was in the Europa League. So... Um, I'm familiar with the way he plays, and I'm familiar with the way that <clears throat> the midfield plays here for Brentford um, from the videos that I watched, and I just think that they're going to be good enough to stay up. In 16th, I labored about this one. Um, I think I'm going to put Watford in there. Okay. I think that Watford are the team um, that managed to kind of just like keep themselves up with tempered expectations. I don't think anything is, or I don't think anybody is expecting anything crazy from them. They have some guys that have played in the Prem before. Um, you have guys like Tom Cleverly <laughs> who have been up <laughs> and down and all around, but have certainly seen their fair share of Premier League football. And those are the kinds of things that actually matter in staying up. Um, it's all about having those gritty, grindy guys who've been there before and know. 
Um, in terms of forwards, they have a lot of familiar names. So you have Ismail yeah. Lasar, you have Troy Deeney, um, who's like fat British Drake. He looks a lot like him. <laughs> um, you have Joshua King and then Andre Gray as well. So, <clears throat> oh, and you know what? They brought in um, Emmanuel Dennis too from yep. uh, from Bruges. So they have a lot. They have a of lot strikers. of attacking talent here, like a ton. Um, if they want to push some of these guys out on the wing, Josh King. That's that's another one. Like yeah, they got him from Everton. He didn't get a lot of time there at Everton last season, but he he could really make himself um, make himself known here. Um, I think that Watford are actually going to be a threat going forward. I yeah. I can't necessarily speak to their their defense. Um, I mean, I'm looking at their depth chart here. Oh, Danny Rose is here. Um, yeah, they so got him on a free. That's a good one. Um, Craig Cathcart couldn't tell you who that is. Him uh, and uh, Cabaselli are going to be their starting two in the back. Yeah. So I have I have no idea um, what they're they going to look like. Really, they have a lot of um, they have a lot of creative attackers from um, Africa and and uh, South America going forward. So it's going to be interesting to see. They have one a uh, Swedish guy who's pretty good going forward. Ken Sima. Yeah. Twenty six year old winger from Sweden. And he was playing at Udinese uh, last season, I believe. So he was mm-hmm. on loan from Watford out at Udinese. So he's he's got some experience in uh, in the Serie A as well. So I think I think Watford are going to be a team to to knock a couple of of bigger teams off. I think that they're going to be consistent against teams that they're better than. And really, what you have to look forward to here is their attacking prowess. Um, I think we're going to see some some really interesting play. Um, from from those front players. Uh in fifteenth I have Crystal Palace. Nope, sorry. No, no, no. I don't have Crystal oh, Palace cool. there. I have Newcastle there. Oh. Um Newcastle, they lose Joe Willock. That's huge. I mean, he was their he was their he won lifeblood. Them. He won them at least ten points. And minimum ten points. I think that Newcastle do enough to keep themselves up but I don't think that they do enough to make any sort of splash and attract any sort of um, high-quality um, player to help our boy St. Max. They defensively have a suspect team. Um, very slow, just not enough anywhere. Uh, your best defender is probably Fabian Schar. Jamal LaSalle is all right as well, actually. Um but just not a ton back there. In midfield, you have the Longstaff brothers, slow as fuck. You guys know how I feel about them. Uh, tired of seeing them, actually. John Joe Shelby, 900 years old, bald, weird. He's not very good. Um, and you have a couple of guys that are that are worth like mentioning. Ryan Fraser, dynamic player, very fast, quick, pacey. Um, Almiron, he'll give you shift every once in a while. Um, but you never really truly know what you're going to get from him in terms of stats. Like he's not a huge goal and assist guy, really, especially when you consider what he used to do when he played in the MLS. Um, he's certainly not the same player since going to, uh, Britain, but I don't think that they have a tone going for them in the midfield either. You know, barring those guys that I just kind of mentioned, Matt Ritchie's okay too. Um, but forwards, that's, that's where things are, are better. Um, Callum Wilson, 
had some injury issues last season. Looks like he's having some injury issues now. And then St. Max, who they're not getting back until January, I believe. Um, so that's a that's a really really big thing. And I think Wait, what was it St. Max or am I thinking of somebody else? I think you're thinking of somebody else. St. Max has missed the first two weeks of friendlies. Oh, it's illness. I'm thinking gun. of. I am thinking of somebody else. Maybe Eze. I think it's Eze. They're kind of similar players. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that a little bit. Um, sorry about that, guys. It's it's not St. Maxman. Um, fuck, I'm gonna totally lose my train of thought here. Callum Wilson, you always worry about his injury status. Um, he's not super young. He is 29, so he's getting up there in age. Um, he was actually just scratched, funnily enough, um, in that in a, in a friendly that they just played. Um, but apparently, according to Steve Bruce, he should be fine for the friendlies upcoming and then the, the beginning of the season. Um, with all that being said, they don't have a ton of options up top. You have St. Max, you have Callum Wilson, Jolinton, who you don't really know what you're going to get with him either, and then Dwight Gale, who's a much less dynamic player, more of a static, kind of um, slower, older uh, option. So I just think that Newcastle don't have a ton going for them. They haven't made an uh, an abundance of signings. Um, and Mark Ashley, you just you really never know what where his head is. Um, they don't spend a lot of money. They don't make a lot of moves. And I just don't think that that they're ever going to manage to get themselves into those European slots or even really the mid-table if they don't start spending some more money, and they haven't. So that's my reasoning. Yeah, pretty similar kind of to how I have a little bit. So starting off for me in 17th, just making the cut, uh, similar to last year, Burnley are going to finish 17th again. Now, they caught a break last year due to Fulham not being able to get out of their own way. Uh, they had plenty of opportunities to cut to close the gap, but just couldn't. And Burnley gave them every every opportunity to, but but Burnley is a team that just knows how to grind out results. Um, one person you forgot to mention for them going forward, who scored twelve goals for them last year, was Chris Wood. Oh, he yeah. did have some injury issues. Uh, the next next guy uh, closest to him was Barnes, Vidra, and Westwood, all with three goals. So Burnley is a side that str- very, like you said, struggle going forward. Similar to Brighton, because so, that was in my head. I, I kept switching Burnley and Brighton around because they both had the same problem. Um, they're both well-structured teams, but when it comes to counterattacking or just creating anything going forward, they really struggle. Um, one player they do have that is nice to watch is Dwight McNeil, 20-year-old Englishman at wide. Um, two goals, five assists last year. It's kind of tough for him to show what he truly can offer in a team like this that doesn't offer much help going forward. Um, he's probably the fastest guy. Jay Rodriguez is another one who's kind of kind of past his prime, 31 years old, um, can't offer as much, but has his moments. So, and in the transfer market wise, they're still just bulking up on defenders, and they signed Wayne Hennessy as backup for uh, Nick Pope in case he gets hurt, which is a good sign because if that if they lose Pope, that's that's at least in nine points right there they lose. Um, so yeah, I think Burnley just makes the cut in 17th for me. Um, excuse me. In 16th, I have a team that you have not said yet, 
Um, I think Southampton is really going to struggle this year down there. They just, as of today, uh, lost Danny Ings. He went to Aston Villa. Aston Villa is a team bulking up on attackers, uh, which is a good sign showing that they're really pushing for European contention. Uh, So Danny Ings last year offered them 12 goals and only appearing in 29 matches, uh, which is almost a goal uh, every two games, roughly. Uh, and their next guy is Che Adams, who's a little bit shaky. I don't think he's ready to be that lead striker for them, age 24, uh, from Scotland. He had a poor showing in the Euros, didn't do much. They couldn't qualify out of the group. Obviously, they had a tough group with Croatia and England. But still, you got to at least show up for your country there and offer some sort of scoring. Um, and then, obviously, their captain is James, Ward's, James Ward-Prowse, um, probably one of the best free-kick takers in the league. Um, scores penalties for them. He had he had uh what was that three last year, out of four attempts. So I mean they they do have a couple people to score, uh for them. It'll be interesting to see with that Danny Ings money who they get to replace Ings. Obviously he had he had a lot of injury issues, um which is which comes to be expected of Ings when you sign him on your team. You know he's gonna miss at least eight games out of the year for you guys, but. I mean, other than that, they, they have their midfields bulked up. Um, one guy they have that's a bright spot is Nathan Tella. I think they got him from Arsenal. Um, he's been having a very nice preseason. Um, same thing goes for Gineppo. Uh He's all right. But I just think they're really going to have a hard time, especially if somebody like Vestigard in the back gets hurt again. Um, and I, I really hope for Ralph Hoffenhoefel's sake they don't get plucked out nine nothing again by united uh because that is just a sad thing to watch just a team like that get pumped so much so uh, i do think they have enough to stay up but it's gonna be tough i could definitely see them finishing 18th uh and moving on in 15th i have watford one spot above where you have them evan um they are a team that are pretty solid every time they come into the prem anytime they come they last for at least two to three seasons um, and like like Southampton, they do have a lot of creative guys going forward. Like you said, Islan, Ismail, I can't talk, Sar. Yeah. yeah, I'm just going to say Sar from right. Senegal. <laughs> uh, 13 goals last year, led the team with four assists as well. Um, another guy they have, a young 18-year-old Brazilian, João Pedro. Uh, he had nine last year for them. Um, got him from Fluminense. Um, he's a very bright spot for them going forward. Uh, and then, like you said, um, with Troy Deeney, he's a great leader for them. Experience in the Premier League has scored many a times in the league. Also, Ben, Fo- ben Foster in goal. Uh, also, another guy that's been in the Prem many a times. So, that, out of all the teams uh, in, with, with uh, Brentford and Norwich and themselves, uh, they are the most experienced team, in my opinion. I think that's going to go a long way for them. Um, and having a lot of attacking options as they do is nice to have with squad rotation because that's going to be major come the Christmas window, uh, and that's where your season's pretty much decided if you can gather up enough points. It's all about hitting that 40-point range, and I think they definitely will hit that mark. So uh, 15th is where I have them for being newly promoted, and I think that's respectable for their first season back. Yeah, of course. I agree. Definitely. Um, I think I'll just carry on. Yeah, sure. Um, 11 to 14th, um, pretty standard for me. This is about the last tier where, um, I didn't really have too many troubles with slotting these teams in. Uh, the order can obviously be varied. I think any of these teams can finish in these slots, but, um, starting off in 14th, I have Crystal Palace. 
Um, they are a contender to go up in flames this year. Now, I say that because I do not trust Vieira as a manager. Um, he hasn't proved himself in France and also in the MLS. Um, it's tough. It's very tough to manage in the Premier League. And I think for him, having as much experience as he does, I mean, players have specifically come to this team just for his reputation as a player. Um, but who knows? I could be completely wrong come the first game of the year when they play Chelsea. Uh, I am scared a little bit for that match, but it's uh, it's showing that they're picking up injuries in the preseason. Um, they just recently picked up Conor Gallagher from us for a year loan, but I, I'm sure he won't be able to play against his parent club. Um, their key man, obviously, year after year is Wilfred Zaha. Um, we already know he has temper tantrums uh, at least three times in the year. He's a very volatile player. But I think if Vieira's mental mental strength as a player can carry over to him and his managing side with Zaha, I think Zaha can double his production if he can just be level-headed. Um, and having the support of Eze, and if Benteke can pop off like he's done in the past, I think that's a huge help for him. Um, obviously, Eze, like we mentioned before, he'll be out until about the Christmas window with that Achilles injury. Um and they brought in some decent signings. A lot of young people have been coming to Palace for uh, the the Vieira effect, I'll call it. Um, like I said, Guay from Chelsea, Joachim Anderson, uh, a standout player for Fulham last year. Uh, they get a young attacker and Michael Alessi from Reading. So a lot of young players come into this club, and they're getting rid of all their older guys, um, getting rid of the old blood, bringing in the new blood. And I think that's a positive start. Um, but... I think I'll say this as a hot take. I think Vieira is one of the top three guys to get to be the first manager sacked in the Prem. I don't think Palace is going to get off to a good start, and they're might they're going to have to make a managerial change come the November December period. So that's my take. But there is a lot of promise in this team. But I think 14th is about the standard they'll get. Uh, moving on to 13th. I'm going with Newcastle. I'm going to be a little more optimistic than you, Evan. I think Newcastle does a little bit better. Um, it's all it's all going to come down to injuries. Uh, Callum Wilson last year out for three months with a hamstring injury. Uh, St. Max only made 25 appearances um, out of the 40, 45 matches they played, including all the other cups. So these guys missed half the year. Now, if they're there the full year, I mean, Wilson scored 12 goals in 26 games. Uh, St. Max contributed to seven goals in, in 25 games. These are their key guys going forward. Um, obviously, Joe Willock's a huge loss. He scored eight goals for them and only playing 14 matches, which is unheard of um, for a lone player. Um, other key guys, like you said, Joe Linkton, Almiron's another guy to watch out for. Um, but I think the thing that's going to let them down, um, unlike what you said with the defense, I think it's their midfield. I think they're really lacking in the midfield department, um, obviously without Willock. But um, John Joe Shelby is their key guy in the middle there. Um, who else do they have here? Oh, wrong tab. Um, Isaac Hayden's out for a while. Um, Jeff Hendricks was their club signing. I think he's their record signing. He's kind of faded out. And obviously the Longstaff brothers, like you said. So they don't really have any grit in that midfield, any creativity or, or pace. Uh, Willock brought that going forward, and it was a young blood guy that just brought in a lot of energy. 
So if they can't bring in one or two signings before the window closes, I think they're going to probably drop down in my pecking order a little bit. But I think they just have enough if Wilson and St. Max can stay healthy to get 13th. Okay. Uh, moving on 12th, I have Wolves. Uh, this is a tricky one because uh, they have a new manager in Bruno Luge. I think that's his name. Sorry. Lege. Sorry. There we go. Bruno Lege. Um, they've been able to keep a lot of their key guys. Um, obviously, Ruben Neves was rumored to leave. Um, Pedro Neto for a little bit. Uh, but they've been the only guy they've lost has been uh, Rui Patricio, their goalie. And they replaced him already with uh, Jose, another Portuguese man from Olympiacos. So they've held the core of their squad from last season and have only added to it with, um, with uh, what's his name? Trincao from Barcelona. They got yeah. him on loan for a year. I think that's a huge signing for them. Going forward, um, they were able to keep El Nuri, a fullback, uh, on a permanent now. Um, rumors are right now that Triori might leave. He's a key guy for them, obviously, scoring-wise. He doesn't score that much, but he is a big threat um, visually. He, he's a big uh, presence on the field, and going forward, he's just hard to contain and cre- can create a lot of problems for you. Um, so I think losing him might be massive for them. But on the good side is Raul Jimenez has been competing in the preseason training. I think he's been playing a little bit in the games. So their key man up front is back. That is huge for them. Um, they were, had a big problem without him and is why they finished so poorly last year. But I just don't think with the team they have right now, they can push anything higher. I think 12th is the best they can get. Um, and 11th is kind of one of my big shockers out of all the teams so far it's probably one of my biggest is uh everton i have everton in 11th um so do I. what's that so do i so i mean everton's a team that like wolves has kept the core of their team they've only changed their manager and rafa benitez who's a seasoned a seasoned man in the premier league he's been at various clubs with chelsea and liverpool and i'm, I'm sure he's been with another club i'm forgetting but with the squad they have from last year, with what they had, only finishing in 10th, and very their main problem was scoring goals as well. Um, they had the hottest start of any team last year. I think after six games, they were first place. But because um, DCL was absolutely popping off. And um, what was I going to say? They only added... Who'd they add? They only added... Uh, did they add Walcott? Was Walcott one of their signing? No, Everton. No, he's at, no. They stole he's Walcott. At South, he's at Southampton. Oh, uh, they, they they signed Townsend and Gray to yeah, replace Gray. to replace the departures of Walcott and Bernard. Yes. Uh, and they signed Begovic as a backup goalkeeper. So, all right, I don't know what's going on with my tier list. It just fucking bugged out. It's all good. But yeah, I just don't think Everton added enough. Obviously. Um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin scoring 16 goals last year is huge for them but when he was out they really really struggled they didn't have any depth up front they had to play Richarlson up there as their main man and he was pretty much a ghost up there not being able to get the the time on the ball he needed so um, this is going to be very interesting I think their key talisman this year is going to be James Rodriguez Um, if he can produce what we've seen him do in the past um, on the main stage, if you can do that this year, and if Rafa's the man that can unlock that, 
I think they definitely can finish even higher, uh, like eighth or seventh at their best. But I just don't see that happening. I don't know if Rafa's that guy for them. And James is in a weird spot because Ancelotti brought him in, um, knowing him from Real Madrid, and it just didn't work out for him. So I'm very interested to see if Rafa's the guy that figured that out. But other than that, they don't really have too much to talk about. I, I know Digne had problems on injury, uh, Pickford for a little bit. Um, and they don't really have the depth to compete at that top level for me. And that's how it's becoming nowadays, is if you don't have the depth to compete for the whole season, uh, then you're going to be pretty much screwed out of any European finish. So 11th is the best I have Everton. Yeah, okay. Um, Alrighty. In 14th, I have Southampton. Um, You had them in the... Se- in what? I had them finishing 16th. Okay, so just a couple spots off of where Matt had them. Um, for me, it's an attacking thing. We talked yeah. about Che Adams not being ready to be the guy there. I think that that was spot on, Matt. I totally agree. Uh, Michael Obafemi is their backup or number two, whatever you want to call it. Didn't get a ton of time last year. Um, did get a fair bit of time in the year before that. An Irish national, no, he's not Irish. He's um, what's that other one? Who's this? Um, Obafemi for Southampton. No, he is Irish. So <clears throat> he's their he's their backup striker. He's going to be the guy that they're looking to um, if Che Adams either falls out of favor or gets injured. And I just don't necessarily think that they have enough going forward to be a team that are really going to compete. Um, they did get Theo Walcott, so that's that's something. I don't necessarily know how much Theo is going to be playing. He is getting up there in age. Um, and then they have just a couple of really solid guys in the midfield. Nothing necessarily f- fantastic. You have Stuart Armstrong. You have James Ward-Prowse. These are guys that are good, but they're not going to be anything super special going forward. And when you don't have anything dynamic in the forward position anyway, because um, Shea Adams just isn't ready to be that guy yet, then you need to have some of those guys that can push forward from the midfield. And you really don't have that here. Um, defensively, they're going to be all right. Um, Bednarek, Vestergaard, Kyle Walker-Peters, all guys that have been there for a couple of years now and are familiar with the system. Um, with Hassan Huddle, who gets along really well, it seems, with the team. Um, and then McCarthy and goal, and Fraser Forster, who's actually one of my, I think he's one of the most underrated keepers in the Prem. Um, really? As, yeah, I do. He's unreal, dude. He's, he is the Arsenal stopper for the last f- literally 10 years, five years at least. He stops Arsenal every time we get to play against him, every single time. Um, so, so for me, <clears throat> I think Southampton are all right. I just don't think that they're going to be doing anything fancy here. I have them in 14th and I think most people wouldn't have a problem with that. Um, in 13th, Crystal Palace, uh, now managed by Arsenal legend, Patrick Vieira. Uh, Matt and I have talked about this at length. I won't be too long here. I think offensively, Palace have enough to trying to find the exact word here. Compete to compete or contend. 
Um, they have Zaha, who I'm a huge fan of. I think he's unbelievable. You have Benteke, who is a seasoned Premier League vet at this point. He's played all over the Prem. Um, yeah. And he still will give you, he'll still give you 10 goals a season if you give him his time. Um, yep. And then you have Ayu, Quick, and Connor Wickham now, too. So they, uh, they steal Connor Wickham from Chelsea Boy, wasn't he? I think when he was younger. They have another guy named uh, Mateta who's been getting a lot of preseason minutes. Yeah, so uh, that was that's good business, good moves, and I just think that their midfield is really where everything falls apart for Palace. Um, yeah. You have Eze, who was unbelievable, huge fan of him. Uh, looks like he's going to be out till February, so it was Eze who I was thinking of earlier. Um, he went underwent an Achilles operation in May, and he's on a long road to recovery. So we won't be Jeez. seeing Eze for much this season, and that's really unfortunate because he's very young. And the Achilles is just something you don't want to injure when you're young. It can be absolutely debilitating, and let's hope he doesn't develop any sort of other issues because it's it's very easy to do so if you're not getting the right care and doing the right um physical therapy. Um, so, so thoughts, thoughts are with Eze, but I think that that hurts Palace a lot. Um, he's one of those guys that I think can propel them to three, like three places in the table. Um, just him alone, him working alongside Zaha and Benteke, and he's not going to be in. So they did get Connor Gallagher in, um, from Chelsea. He's there on loan. Young boy. He, um, he started 28 matches for West Brom last season. Two goals, two assists on 29 shots and 20 chances created. And he's going to be pretty much fighting um, for his spot. Or I don't even know if he's going to be fighting for it. They might just, just put him right in there because uh, Michael Alisson and, and Eze are both out. So, yeah. Um, that's That was a good move from, from Palace to get him in from Chelsea. But I don't necessarily think um, Palace are going to be contending for... Or anything fancy this season. It's going to be another middling year for them. It always is. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Wolves are up next. I have them in 12th place. 13th. They're... What's that? Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. 12th, I'm thinking yeah. of something else. Palace I have in 13th. Um, so, this one... Wait, I gotta ask you this. What happened to Patricio? They sold him to... Um... They sold him to where'd he go? He went to Roma. He went to Mourinho. Okay, so he's with Mourinho at Roma. So new keeper for them, Jose Sa. He moved in from Olympiacos on a five-year deal. That's a gigantic change. Um, you're missing your manager for the past however many seasons. You're missing your keeper for the past however many seasons. Both Portuguese. Um, but you do retain your club captain in Connor Cody back there in defense. Then you have a couple of guys that are really solid. Romain Saiz, he was great last year and the year before. Um, Semedo, we're going to see if he's going to kind of um, start to pull his own weight. He was just all right last year. And then that Ait Nori guy, you get to see a couple of really, really good performances from him as well. I don't necessarily worry about Wolves in a defensive sense or even in a midfielder, like in a midfield sense. Ruben Neves is a general. You have John Moutinho there as well. They perform very well together. Trincao moves in from Barcelona. Huge move. I have good high hopes for him as well. 
Now, when it comes to forward, this is what I worry about. Raul Jimenez, I don't know if he's going to be the same guy as he was before the injury. Um, obviously, that clash with David Luiz last season that ruled uh, Jimenez out for the remainder of last season with a head injury, fractured skull. That's a huge injury. That is a gigantic injury to suffer at his age. He is 30 years old now. Um, he just got 30 minutes in uh, Saturday's friendly against Crew Alexandra, and apparently he looked good. So, so that that's that's definitely good, something to look forward to. But I don't think that he's going to be firing on all cylinders this year, and you need him to be firing on all cylinders in order to get everything done. They did bring Fabio Silva in last season, but he was not all that great. He's not a replacement for Jimenez if Jimenez happens to go out or is injured. And I'm very worried about that. Traore, not a goal scorer, not an assister. He just runs fast. Um, that's pretty much all he's worth, uh, if you look at last season especially. So I'm worried that they're just not going to be the unit uh, that they were last, not last season, but the season before. Um, new manager, new keeper. You have a couple of new guys. Trinkauf, he's going to be featuring for them full time. Um, these are all changes. So I'm not expecting anything fancy out of Wolves this year. I think 12th is maybe even a lofty goal, but I think that they're just going to be very middling. They're going to be right in the middle of the pack and might get a couple of good results against teams that are better than them. And they might lose to a couple teams that are worse than them. But, um, We'll have to see. In 11th, I actually have Everton. Everton are not operating um, on the... They're not going to be operating on the same level as they were last season. They had an unbelievable coach. They had some unbelievable players that they had just signed. James, uh, Allen, Ducore. There was so much hype, so much excitement around this Everton side. And at the beginning of the year, they looked like they could win the league. I mean, they were unstoppable. And this season, you have a change. Um, you have a change in manager. You have Rafa Benitez now, um, once beloved by the city of Liverpool uh, for his work with Liverpool itself, um, the football club. I don't know how he's going to settle into his role as a manager at Everton, and I think that is truly the thing that I'm most worried about. Um, the team hasn't changed all that much. We did talk about them getting Damari Gray, um, getting Moise Keane back from PSG on loan, or where he was on loan, is a huge move as well. I'm not worried about the team. I'm worried about the management. I don't necessarily know if he's going to have the locker room. I don't know if he's going to have the fans, which is more important. Um, so we'll have to see if they're ready to welcome him in. But it's a transition period here for Everton. And I think it's going to be one of those years where they kind of slip further back down. And I know they didn't have a great finish last year, but I don't think this year is going to be any better. That's why they have them. I have them at 11th. And I'm going to turn it over to you now for 6 to 10. All right. So this is probably the last lengthy bit of us having our own little monologues. It'll get easier from here. But um, 10th place. I love this team. Last year, newcomers, a lot of flair. Love the manager. Just love the style of play. They just brought so much enjoyment to watching the game, and with that style, it's tough to finish in the tough in the higher up positions if you cannot solidify their back line. And I don't think they did enough to to finish above what they did last year of ninth. I actually have them finishing tenth, and that team 
team is Leeds United. Now, um, they did some good business, though, still. They bring in uh, Junior Firpo from Barcelona to replace uh, Alioski, who they let go. Um, he's a great wing back, left back, however you want to put it. Uh, he's a modern pullback to add to that team. Gets up forward a lot, kind of like how uh, Luke Ayling does on the right side for them. So I definitely see him getting a few goals and a lot of assists this year, kind of like a Digne role. Um, they they signed Jack Harrison on a permanent, which is a huge, huge deal for them because he he contributed eight goals and eight assists last year. This is the thing I like the most about them is they have a variety of scores. They don't rely on just one person. Now, obviously, their talisman is Patrick Bamford, uh, their inaugural season. Uh, he played in pretty much every single game and scored 17 goals uh, and seven assists. Uh, he was right up there, top five, top ten scores in the league. Um, but the depth in scores they have is Stuart Dallas, eight. Uh, I said Harrison with eight. Rodrigo with seven. He was also a newcomer uh, to the league last year. Um, and then a lot of guys were creating assists. They had uh, Rafinha, um, nine assists, Jack Harrison, eight. Um, and click in the midfield with five. So they have a lot uh, with the style of play they 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 do. Um, it's just a lot of bombing runs forward, a lot of creative runs. Um, it, it's like backyard soccer. It's like as soon as they get the ball, just go. It's just go. They go forward, uh, and chaos happens. And you love to see that in in uh, a lot of these big matchups because a lot of the times uh, these games can be pretty boring. A lot of tactical. Uh, defensive play going on they're just clearing the route one but uh, this team is really interesting to watch and uh key man in the midfield for them is calvin phillips had an absolute phenomenal euro tournament with england uh really showed that he's a big big player um that will definitely have looks in the upcoming years to move on to a bigger club if he wants but for the time being he is Leeds' main guy in that six role um so uh yeah, I can't really say uh, anything else taking points away from you, but I have them finishing 10th there. Um, ninth, uh, I have West Ham. I don't think they're going to have as good of a year as last year. I think after David Moyes taking over for them, um, teams have kind of figured out a little bit now that they have tape on them, how they play. Um, and it doesn't help because they haven't really brought in too many new faces to the club. Um, they signed Dawson on a full. Uh, uh, their biggest signing so far has been Ariola. They signed him from PSG on a loan for the year. Um, last year he was with Fulham and really stood on his head a lot and did a really good job. So reinforced the goalkeeper position with him and Fabianski, which is nice to see. Uh, they finally let go of Felipe Anderson, though. Um, they spent, I think, 30 to 40 mil on him and only got three back. So bad business there from the up higher uppers. Um, not as bad as other clubs, though. I'll say we'll get to them in a minute. But um, one of them being Chelsea, who potentially are going to make an absolute idiot of themselves. But we'll get to that. Uh, but yeah, West Ham, very solid unit. Uh, Moyes is a great manager. Um, we've seen what he's done in the past with his long stay with Everton, where they were. Um, and now with West Ham, what he's done with them has been nice. Um, obviously, at United for a little bit, things didn't go as well. But... I think this West Ham team is very solid. The main area they need to focus on is forwards. Mikel Antonio, joint top scorer with 10 last year, him and Thomas Suchek. Um, other than him, they don't really have a main striker. Um, they play Bowen in there a little bit. Um, they've slid uh, Ben Rama in there for a little bit of time, but 
they definitely need to buy another striker um, after letting go of um, what's his name from um, it went to, they sold him from IX last year. What was his name? Arcadia. No, I'm looking. Haller, Sebastian Haller. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so really need to reinforce that spot. If they do, if they get somebody like Tammy Abraham or anybody else um, for cheaper, I think that will really help. Uh, losing Jesse Lingard really helped them secure where they were. Uh, and not having him this year is going to be a huge loss and is why I consider them only finishing ninth. So. That's still a solid year for them. You have to remember, they're in the Europa League, too. So their scheduling is going to be pretty packed. And I, I do not, if they do not reinforce the striker position, they will struggle. That's all I'll say. But uh, moving on to a team that has absolutely reinforced their, their forward position is Aston Villa. Aston Villa finishing eighth. Last year, they came in a, a reasonable 11th for, for the time they had uh, with Ollie Watkins. In his inaugural season, scoring scoring 14 goals. And Jack Grealish having a lot of injury issues, but still contributing. Six goals, 10 assists. Now he's uh, he's definitely going to Man City now for 100 mil. He's going to get paid 300 grand a week, which is one of the highest in the league. Um, rightfully deserves it. He's a quality player. Um, and with him, uh, we'll touch on him later, but... What they bring in with that money, they brought in Leon Bailey from Leverkusen. They bring in Emmy Buendia from promoted Norwich. Uh, like we said, he had 15 goals, 15 assists last year in the championship. And now they bring in, as of today, Danny Ings. So they've, they, are, they are going all in. Aston Villa is all in on pushing for those Europa League positions, whether it's the Conference League in seventh or Europa League in fifth and sixth. I definitely don't see them finishing top four. They just do not have that quality yet. But over time, who knows? Um, but with that with that being said, their attacking is looking awesome. Um, they're light on midfield, though. That's my only concern with them, um, especially in that six role. They have they have Douglas Luiz, 22-year-old midfielder Brazilian, uh, who they got from Man City a few seasons ago. He did a great job in there, but they do not really have depth for him there. Uh, they brought in Morgan Sanson from Marseille. He didn't really have much time, uh, only playing in nine matches last year. They got him in the winter. We'll see if he has more of a signature role. Um, and John McGinn, those are like their main midfielders. Um, they don't have Ross Barkley. They loaned him from last year. They didn't keep him. And other than that, I think that's their main problem. The defense is solid. Mings, Konza, uh, target cash. They have a solid back line. And obviously, Emmy Martinez is an absolute stud in goal. So. I think where where they might slip up or might yeah I think where they slip up is going to be their midfield. Um, I think they're still in talks. Uh, they're still looking for a couple more signings. Um, so they are going by frenzy right now, and I don't blame them trying to buy in a market like this where clubs need money and they'll take what they can get. So, and I, I especially like their decision on buying before selling Grealish because if they sold Grealish and then looked to buy these people they would have definitely had to pay a little more money knowing uh, clubs knowing that they have the money. So I think good, smart tactic there. So uh, I'm really interested to see how they, how they set up in the first week. Um, I forget who they play, but we'll get to that later. But uh, yeah, eighth place for Villa. Okay. Um, uh, cool. So you want, yeah, you do 10 to eight and then 
we'll come back seven to six, I guess. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I, was, so, I was like running out of breath. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. So <clears throat> in tenth, I have Spurs. Um, oh my god! Oh, Matt, they fucking suck. They're oh awful. So Spurs, they're going to be without Harry Kane. Do I have to say anything else besides that? New manager, Nuno's in. Um, doesn't have his Portuguese co- uh, core, which is gigantic. We have to consider that. Um, he is going to be able to communicate with some of these guys. They have a couple Brazilians. Uh, Lucas, oh, excuse me, Lucas Moura being... What's that? He knows English. I know, but bro, there's something about it. There's something about the Portuguese guys. When he has them firing on all cylinders, they're way better. He looks like, better. The players look better. I'm yeah, telling it's you. A, it's a big cultural change. I'll agree with you on that. Yeah. No, I know he speaks English. He speaks English very well, actually. I've heard him speak. Um, so <clears throat> there's just a ton for Nuno to get used to here. Much like I said with Everton, I think the manager thing is what we really have to consider. Um, but Harry Kane, I mean, he's going to be, I guess he's not going to play. I mean, he hasn't shown up. Do you really, do you really think he's going to sit out the year? I kind of do. Do you really think he would do that? I do. He hasn't shown up to camp. He doesn't have any desire to to play for Tottenham and Levy's not going to sell him. So Kane has enough money where he can just sit back and wait. He could be fine the whole year and not get paid. Will he get fined? Is he under contract? He's on contract for the next three years. The thing was that he messed up on is back in 2018, his dumb ass signed a six-year deal with the club. Yeah, it was dumb. Like, um, another situation is, um, what's his name? Um, Saul for Atletico. Yeah. He he signed a nine-year deal with Atletico. So unreal, dude. I mean, like, he was... Three years ago, he was 24, 25, so he was thinking, like... I think he was thinking by then they would win something, but it hasn't happened, so now he's in a tough spot. They were saying, with three years left on his deal, he doesn't have as much leverage as if he had only had one year left, because the club would kind of be scrambling, like, he doesn't want to sign a new deal, so if we don't sell him now, we're not going to get any money for him. It'll be like a Lewandowski, he'll go for free from Dortmund, so... I don't know, (laughs) but... I see where you're coming from. Yeah, I just think I just think that the Kane thing is a really funky situation. I think he's really pissed. Like you can tell that he's mad. Um, and you're not getting a lot of comments from him, which makes me think that he's like so mad that he he and his camp don't even want to release something. He's there one of the. There, he's, there must have been something behind the scenes, like they were saying there was a friendly agreement between yeah. Levy and him about uh, if the time's right or whatever so he he's standing firm on his ground yeah and i respect that i i don't have anything against harry kane personally i just don't like that he plays for spurs um right. and i just i i truly don't know how much you're gonna see him suit up maybe maybe you'll see it maybe you won't i can totally see him just not playing he has, at all he has to play i, I mean i i guess i i guess you're right but i can definitely see it being a behavior issue where he just slacks off I mean, he does that. He did that anyway at the Euros. So, wait. So, hold on. If Harry Kane was giving 80% at the Euro, or 90%, I'm saying he's going to give 50 in a Spurs kit. He's going to be fucking awful. 
would you really for your boyhood club if you played for Arsenal and you were having this contract issue, would you still just play like dog shit? I mean, they're not his boyhood club. He was in the Arsenal Academy. I thought he's been a lifelong Tottenham guy. Not lifelong. He his his first academy was Arsenal. That was the the, the club he sported as a child too. All right. Well, I so, can see. I can definitely see him doing that for that reason. But yeah, no. But I I know. I mean, he had he's been at Tottenham forever. He's been at Tottenham yeah. for the last fifteen years probably. Um. Yeah. So so he might as well be have been there his whole life. It's pretty much has been. Um. I don't know, man. Some of these guys, when it starts, when the when the number starts to pile up, when the dollar signs start to really be the thing that they care about, and Kane is getting up there in age now, you have to remember that. Sometimes they yeah. get petty, and I don't know. The thing that I think will bring Kane back if he if he does wind up playing is actually Son. I think that they have a very good relationship, he and Son, and. I think that Kane will come back and play alongside Son because he doesn't want him to play alone. That's that's the thing I think um, will be will be the thing that brings him back if he comes back. So I just don't think that Tottenham as a team, like as a unit, um, perform as well as some of these other sides. I think Leeds play much better as a team. I think Villa play better as a team, and then I have Arsenal in sixth for no apparent reason. Um, but. I just I'm really not sold on them. I don't I don't know what to expect from Spurs. Um defensively they're extremely suspect. We're still thinking maybe some of these guys are going to move out. Davidson Sanchez um being one of them. You know, you have Reguilon, you can't rely on Aurier for fucking shit. He's awful. Uh Eric Dyer, another guy you really can't rely on all that much. Um and then Matt Doherty who was horrendous last year. So I just think overall Tottenham have a lot of holes. I'm not super excited um, or not that I'm not excited for them. I just am not, I'm, I'm not pleased with, um, with the prospect of Spurs doing well. I just think that, that they could really have a shitty season and um, midfield depth is another issue. Deli Alley, Harry Winks, Alfie Devine. Those are going to be your guys that you have to bring in if if Ndombele or Hoiberg or, or Suzuka or La Celso get injured. Um, I'm really just not happy with that, and I, I don't think that they're going to be a team to watch this year. In ninth, I have Leeds United, who, <clears throat> like Matt, I appreciate very much. Leeds are one of my favorite teams to watch, especially last season. Uh, well, only last season, I guess. They have a very, very solid and the word here. I'm firing on like one cylinder, dude. My brain is so shot. Um, solid and just very together unit. Structured. Um, structured, sure. Um, it wasn't always structured, but it is now. Uh, up top, you have Bamford and Rafinha and Rodrigo as well, who started to get some more time toward the end of the season. All three of them, fantastic players. In the midfield, you have Calvin Phillips, who had a wonderful showing at the Euro. Jack Harrison, who was great last season. Stuart Dallas, who can play all over the pitch. Klitsch, who's a fantastic player as well. You have Helder, Helder Costa, American Tyler Roberts. Um, and then a couple of guys on the bench that I'm not super familiar with. I can't give you a ton of words on Jamie Shackleton, Forshaw, and Jack Jenkins. Uh, defensively, you have Luke Ayling, who was fantastic last year. Um, Junior Furpo, that's the big new signing. 
Um, they did lose a couple of guys here, but I think defensively they're going to be just all right. We did see Leeds suffer a little bit in terms of defense last season. I think you might get that at the beginning of the season while they get themselves into match shape, um, get ready for, for all, you know, playing week in and week out. We could see some struggles, but overall, I think that their forwards and midfield um, is very, very strong. Calvin Phillips in the center of the park is an absolute workhorse tank. He's going to be one of those guys that really comes into his own this season, I think. And, you know, Mesley Engel, really solid player. I just think leads are solid all over the place. I think um, Marcelo Bielsa is a fantastic manager, and he's a great grasp on them as a team. Um, so, you know, I just think overall um, we could have uh, a really good season here. Uh, mm -hmm. Next, I have um, Villa. I think Villa plays, what is this? Eighth? Eighth. Yes. So I have Villa in eighth place. They are unfortunately losing Jack Grealish, who we'll get to when we get to City. Um, that is a huge thing, but that's going to free them up money to pay some of their other guys. You have Leon Bailey coming in for about a quarter of what they just made on Jack Grealish. You have Emmy Martinez in goal. He's one of the best uh, keepers in the league at this point. I'd say he's probably top five, um, maybe even more. Um, top two, top three. You have Tyrone Mings in defense. Eric Kansa, or Ezri Kansa, who's coming into his own last season, um, showed me a lot that I liked. I think he's very, very good. Matty Cash and Matt Target back there as well. Both very solid. Ghost of Ashley Young is back in action. And 36. Then, <laughs> I just can't believe it, dude. That was the most unreal signing. It truly was. It was just fucking crazy. Um, and then I have... Um, in the midfield, you not I have. You have to think about Buendia. I mean, I think he's going to be really, really good. I think he's going to be fantastic. And I think um, John McGinn is solid. Uh, and then Leon Bailey you have coming in, who's who's kind of like a midfielder or forward. It depends on where they play him, really. Um, I think he'll probably be playing more of a forward winger role. Yeah. Um, but, but a very solid midfield that I don't think... Um, is awful. They could use a couple improvements, maybe some quicker guys in there. Um, mm -hmm. But up top, I mean, fantastic stuff here. Ollie Watkins, great season last year. Really a coming out party for him. Uh, Leon Bailey, another one. I, I, I've talked about him. I think he's fantastic. I think he's got a ton of talent. Anwar El Ghazi, good guy off the bench or you know rotation player when you need him. They have Bertrand Traore as well. Uh, he's it looks like he's dealing with some sort of injury thing right now. Mm -hmm. um, oh, groin surgery? Minor groin surgery. Ooh, we'll see. No such thing yeah. as minor groin surgery. Yeah, that's a touchy spot. Yeah, and then Trezeguet is out. He's out for good, so that's unfortunate. But I think Villa are really solid all over the park. This is one of the better rosters they've had in the past five, six years. Um, and, and while Grealish stuck with them through the championship days, he is now gone and they'll be looking to, to somebody else to, to, to fill that gap. Um, and then in seventh, I have West Ham. So I don't think that they're able, I don't think that West Ham are able to replicate what they caught in, in last season. I mean, that was lightning in a bottle. 
I think that that's kind of along the lines of what you said as well. Where did you have them placing? Ninth. So you had them in ninth. So we're a couple, we're a little bit off. You have um, them seventh. I do have them seventh. I think that they are good enough to keep themselves, you know, in these in the contention spot um, for the Europa League again, because I think that they're actually going to get knocked out of the Europa League straight up because they are in it, right? Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. They're um, fully in. I think that they'll be close in here, but I, I think that ultimately it's going to fall to a better side. I just don't necessarily know how I feel about their forward situation. Mikel Antonio is their only true striker, uh, really. I mean... There's just really nobody else that's up. They play Bowen up in those those top area roles along with Yarmolenko and Ben Rama, but those guys aren't strikers. Um, Mikel Antonio is the only true forward, true striker that they have here. They don't have a backup. They got rid of Haller, like you said, and that's a really, really big thing. So I think that Mikel Antonio is going to get hurt because he always does because I always draft him in fantasy every year, and he fucks me when I need him most. Um... <laughs> And I think that I think that that's going to be a huge point of contention for them. If they can't get a new striker in or or a backup striker in, then it's going to be a serious problem. In the midfield, you have Rice, you have Suchek, you have Fornals, and then Mark Noble, who's been there forever, absolute general, even gets some time still at his very old age. This is his last year. He said he's retiring after the season. Yeah, so that's that's great. He's still there. He's I'm sure a massive. Um, massive presence in the locker room. He's been there for a very long time, 34 years old now. And then you have Manuel Lanzini as well, who's a really solid, um, really solid midfielder from Argentina. So I think that, that West Ham have a really solid team still. They're probably going to miss Lingard. He was just electric last year. Massive. He was so, so good. But defensively, West Ham are really good as well. Aaron Questmel, uh, Cresswell, sorry. Uh, Kufal, Diop, Craig Dawson, all guys that I've <clears throat> really high hopes for this season. I think they're all going to be very good. And you have even a couple of good guys coming off the bench, Ogbana being one of them, a seasoned vet as well. With Fabianski in goal, Flappy Hansky, as I used to call him. Um, he's improved a lot. And, and I think West Ham as a, as a unit have improved a lot. And Moyes has become a really good coach for these guys and done a lot for them. I think that they all really get along and they all play very well. So I, I think that, that I feel comfortable giving West Ham seventh. Um, I'm going to shoot back to you for sixth, and then I'll give you my sixth. Um, I still have to give my seventh and sixth. Oh, I'm sorry. No worries. Um, seventh, going with Leicester City. Okay. Um, wow, that's... Wow. Um, I, I just don't have a good feeling, and I think it's all going to be off the start because as of today... Um, I told Evan before we recorded Wesley Fofana in a friendly today, uh, broke his leg. Um, it was very unfortunate. It didn't have to happen. You never want to see that happen in friendlies. That's not what they're about. Um, the website we're looking at here is thinking it's, he'll be back mid October, but we have to figure out, uh, the diagnosis after, um, he's fully looked over and we decide what happens from there so i think october is very optimistic um it might be a case where it might not be until next year so we'll have to wait and see also johnny evans is dealing with injury issues um not as bad as a broken leg but he's definitely going to be out the first few games so um defensively (coughs) excuse me um 
Lester's going to be a little shaky. Um, I was saying Castagna is going to be wearing a face mask all year. He took a big hit in the face during the Euros. So their back line is going to be pretty hardcore um, when they all come back. But um, you have Ricardo Pereira also back there. He has injury issues as well in the past, not of, of lately. Um, the only defensive backup they brought in so far is Ryan Burchan, who I think is a quality signing. He's got a lot of Premier League experience with Southampton exclusively. Um, he's a guy that is capable of going forward and tracking a lot of pacey players. Um, he's 31, so we'll see how he can handle it this year. But um, their key relies in their midfield this year, uh, like a lot of other teams. Uh, but they're a team that has the depth to compete for Champions League football. Um, unlike all the teams we've talked about previously. Um, and I think with the talks of James Madison to Arsenal and Mikel and Arteta saying that Ben White is not the last big signing that they're going to be making um, is huge. And I think losing James Madison, who as of last year scored eight goals, five assists, was uh, one of their top three kick takers and set piece guys, is going to be a huge loss for them. So... I'm taking that into consideration, too, with the idea that he's leaving. Um, the good thing is they brought in uh, Sumari from Liga yeah. as a backup for Mendy in the middle and Ndidi. Um, Ndidi's a quality player in there, one of the best holding mids in the league, has done a great job out of Nigeria. Um, played only played 26 matches, so a lot of these guys are dealing with injury issues, and it's tough. Um, with the schedule they're going to have with the Europa League as well, like West Ham, we were saying, um, struggling with the with the cramming of games that these clubs aren't used to uh, year in and year out, just like the other established clubs. Um, another player they brought in is Daka from Salzburg, I believe. Yep. Um, another quality guy up there to reinforce the attack um, with Vardy aging at the age of 33, still scoring 15 and 9 assists. Um, and a youngster in Ian Acho who back in his Man City days was going to be the next big star, but Leicester took him on with the project and now they're starting to see some, 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 um, seeing it show with 12 last year, um, mainly towards the end of the season with Vardy out a little bit. So they attacking wise, they're looking great. Harvey Barnes is back. He had a massive injury. Yeah. Um, and Yuri Tillemans showed that he can score in the midfield. So they have the players to compete for Champions League, but I think injuries are going to be a massive effect on them. So that's why I have them finishing seventh. And they are always cursed. The last two years, anytime they're in a prime position, they get early on. They just cannot finish the finish the race in that in that sense of closing the deal uh, and finishing in that Champions League spot. So I think seventh is where they're going to finish. Yeah. Um, I'll do my sixth real quick. I've been changing five and seven this whole time we've been recording. Um, And I think this is my final set here. Based off of the Harry Kane situation, what I think is going to happen, I think Arsenal is going to finish sixth. I I had them in fifth for a while. That was mainly due to them having no European football. So they are exclusively focusing on the Premier League. They get more rest. Um, they have more mental strength in the Premier League. They know what they're going for in a top four finish. Um, if anything, top five. Um, Arsenal are always going to go for top four. That's just in their blood. And what the fans expect, rightfully so. They're a huge club that deserve to be in the Champions League. But it's just tough to compete against all these other clubs. They're spending hundreds of millions on these quality players. 
and that's just how the market is now. But I think sixth is respectable for them um, with the business they've made so far. They haven't signed a mass. Well, obviously Ben White. I shouldn't say that. Matt Ben White's been their main signing at center back from Brighton. I think that's quality. Uh, really shows depth into that at defense, uh, which has been a main problem for them. They haven't had a a key central role in that back line since probably Koscielny, yeah. in my opinion. So having him partnering with Gabriel. Um, and having the backing of Rob Holding and Chambers and Mari. Um, so they do have depth in that position. It might not be the best that Arsenal fans want or could see, but they have the depth there. Um, other than that, they brought in uh, young youngsters in Nuno Tavares, depth for Tierney, quality signing there. He's done great things preseason. And Sambi uh, Lukonga from Anderlecht, another Belgian product. I think he'll have depth in there for Partey. Obviously, he's dealing with injury issues every other week, so that's why they brought him in there. Uh, if Xhaka stays and Elneny in there, they'll have a little bit of depth. I think they need to make a few more signings. Um, obviously, the signature guys up front, Pepe, Lacazette, Aubameyang, Saka, Smithrow, I think that's good enough to compete for that top six. I think Madison pushes them over the edge and really secures that top six finish, in my opinion. Um, there's always been the talk the last two years about Madison going to Arsenal, but I think this is the year that it happens because it's now or never for Arsenal. You can't be left in the dust. You have to spend your money sooner or later if these other clubs are, and I think this is the year for them. Yeah. Um, so I think sixth is a reasonable position. I, it, it's all due to the Harry Kane situation for me because if he, go, if he went to City, if, if they went off without a hitch, I probably would have had Tottenham like you in like ninth around there. But him still being there, he's still going to score 15, 20 goals. There's no way he sits out. I don't think he'd do that. And I think that would be a huge loss for the Premier League, especially because losing probably the biggest face, one of the biggest faces of the league to just sitting out for a dispute with contract um, is pretty petty. And I think he deserves, he, he owes it, I should say, to the fans, not only of Tottenham, but of the Premier League to play. So... That closes out my top six. So, who do you have in sixth? Um, I actually have Arsenal in sixth. Um, <laughs> I think that it's going to be another just really average year for Arsenal. Um, it's definitely going to be an improvement over what we had to deal with last season. There was a run of form in the middle of the season there that was really, really fucking bad. Um, while we were waiting to get signings in. Then once Partey came in, things kind of turned up. Everybody else really just started to play better. Partey was, had weird injury things and then didn't play all that well, didn't get a ton of time, but everybody else played better when, when he came in. So, um, We get Joe Willick back. I know that we're offering him and uh, AMN um, uh, two leads for Harrison. Um, or Sorry, not leads. Madison. Um, to Lester for Madison. So, you know, we may see those guys go, but uh, this, this for me, the whole season kind of rides on the back of one player. Um, if Saka is as good as he was last season and at the Euro, um, I think that Arsenal can, can maybe even place higher than this. Uh, we have a lot of really... <clears throat> say youngs they're not a, not a ton of them are young but we have a lot of younger players who the whole season is going to ride on Jeremy being one of them 
um, Tierney, Saka. Uh, we may this may be the season where we finally start to see Martinelli uh, play. Pepe is young. These are all young guys. Um, ESR, another one, Smith Rowe, who just got his his big boy contract and is now wearing number ten. Um, these are all young guys, and I think that the whole season kind of relies on them. And I think that they're good enough to, to, to get us in a really solid position. But I don't think that Arsenal are good enough yet in terms of pieces. I don't think that they have um, enough players all over the pitch, especially defensively. I know we just brought in Ben White, but I just don't think that the team hasn't had enough time to gel as a unit, as a full unit here. Um, and, and if we do bring in one more player, if we do somehow magically... Um, bring in Madison, then it's going to take even more time for everything to gel. And I don't think Mikel's a very good manager. I just don't think that... I think that Arsenal needs to have a better manager than him. I know he's trying. I don't want to slander the man. Um, but I don't think that as of right now, I don't think Arsenal are much better than a sixth place team. Um, there are a ton of better teams. Liverpool are a better team. United are a better team. City are the best club in the world, and it's not close. Um, Leicester City, you know, they're solid too. So, and and so's Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea's right up there for best club in the world. Um, and I, I just don't, I don't think that they're much better than those other teams. Um, or not much better. They're not better than those other teams at all. Um, they're they're quite a considerable bit worse. So, I think sixth place for Arsenal is really, that's probably the best they can do. And that's it. Yeah, I can agree with you there. It's tough. Yeah. It's really tough seeing that nowadays. I mean, back in the day, <laughs> excuse me, it was Man United. Oh, my God, I can't fucking, I'm coughing so much. It's all good. We're it, going long, that's why. It was always Man United and Arsenal. Those guys were the ones battling it out every single year Yeah. Uh, for a time period. And now the times have changed where um, clubs have been bought by multi-billionaires and just invest massive massive amounts of money into into them so oh my god so i mean yeah do you want to say your fifth place position or do you want me to go um i'll do my fifth place position in my fifth place position i have leicester city so leicester i think are a better unit than arsenal and this is why they kind of get the edge um it's the fact that they're a better unit and the fact that they have a much better manager I think Brendan Rodgers is a fantastic manager. I'd bite your fucking arm off for him at Arsenal. Is he strange? <laughs> yes, he's very strange, but he gets things done. He's very, very good. Um, defensively, they're going to have a really tough season. They don't have Fofana. His fibula is fractured. I just saw that. Um, so he's he's definitely that, fucked. That's six months at least. Oh, yeah, like He's done, though, and he's probably not going to be the same when he comes back. Um, I don't know if anybody drafted Fafana, but nah. tough scene. Um, so so no Fafana this season. I think it's probably pretty safe to say. Still waiting on advanced x-rays, but Ryan Bertrand is uh, going to be earning his keep this season. They're going to have to slot some guys around, or shift some guys around, slot some guys in. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be a really weird one. Uh, in, in terms of other defense, you have Timothy Castagna, who was great last season. Ricardo Pereira, uh, another solid player. And then Soyuncu, 
Um, Turkish National, he is very, very good as well, although he is slow as dirt. Um, but but Leicester, they're just all right defensively. They usually have some blow-ups towards the end of the season. I don't know what exactly all that's about, but their midfield is fantastic. James Madison, Wilfred Ndidi, Yori Tielemans, who had a breakout season last year, Harvey Barnes, Mark Albrighton. Uh, they have Shamara as well now, um, and Dennis Pratt. So a lot of really good, solid players here. Um, you don't really have anything to worry about in terms of midfield for them. In the defensive midfield, I mean, Tielemans was unbelievable last season, and he even showcased the fact that he's able to go forward and really um, get Laws into the attack. So I think that that's a, that's a really good um, or a really big player for them. Uh, we'll have to see if he has another season where he continues to elevate himself or not. I think that he does have a good season, and I think that in terms of forwards, you have a couple of you have a lot of options. Jamie Vardy's fantastic. Iannaccio had an unbelievable end to his season. I think he's going to have maybe not a breakout year. Last year was kind of the breakout year, but um, I think this season he continues some really solid form and having Iose Perez and then Pat Sandaka, who I'm sure will be a rotation striker in for them. Um, now, you know, those, those are both great options as well. And I think ultimately, um, Leicester are just good enough to keep kind of placing fifth. I don't, I don't think that they, there's some sort of blockage. I don't know what it is. It's a mental blockage where they just slip. They let themselves yeah. slip so hard at the end of the season. And that's why I'm saying they're going to place fifth. But I think that this is a team that's going to be up in and around second, third, fourth, for a couple of weeks, and then you know you'll start to see them slip. Then they usually come back up. Then you'll start to see them slip again, and then by the end of the season, they're always in these weird spots. And I think that fifth is is pretty much dead on for Leicester. Yeah, I thought I thought the same points. That's why I had them there. But with all the injury issues, it's very tough. I mean, we saw what happened with Liverpool last year, yeah. and how that can affect your your style of play and it just takes people out of, out of position they're naturally used to. So I can tell, <laughs> fuck, I can totally agree with what you're saying. Uh, my fifth place position is Tottenham, um, mainly due to Harry Kane. I mean, the guy's the best striker in the league and I fully believe he's going to play. I th- he's going to come back to camp um, to discuss his current situation with the club so he doesn't get fined every day. Uh, because the past two days he's missed uh, and he's gotten fined, but who cares? The guy makes millions. It doesn't affect him mainly, really. Uh, but voice crack. Um, I think he does come back. I mean, the guy is automatic for twenty goals a year, easy. Yeah, um, he's just he's just that fucking good. And with with Son as a support cast, it's going to be interesting to see how they replace Bale because he scored eleven in 20 matches for them in the Prem to assists, um, that's a lot of goals for to lose. Um, and they are linked with, uh, well, I should say they signed Gil from Sevilla. They had to let go of Lamella, but I think that's a decent trade for them. Um, they're linked with Damsgaard, who had a breakout performance for Denmark with the Euros. Um, there's a couple other guys they're linked with. Um, probably one of their star center backs that they're looking to sign is Christian Romero from uh, Juventus. I think like every time I inhale, bro. I think that he is going to be locked in for them. He's 23. Oh, sorry. Let me look at that. He's what is that? Yeah, he's 23. Uh, six one. Done a great job with Atlanta in the Champions League. Um, experienced 
or Juventus. I'm thinking I'm getting guys confused with that goalie. They brought in the goalie uh, to back up Loris potentially for the future if they want to make that permanent. Um, but the, I don't know. The, this this is probably my most shaky pick. I am about, or I'm mo- I should say, most concerned pick um, because I just don't know the depth. Um, like I said earlier, with Nuno being there, it's a cultural change for the club. They could be playing that three four three, unlike how they played in the past with a four three three. It can play can play similar, but it all depends on those wing backs. And I don't know if you can fully trust Orier out there. They do have Doherty, who has played with Nuno before, so that's a major boost for him. He was but better that, back then, yeah. Mm-hmm, he was a lot better with Nuno, and he was successful under Nuno, so he will probably make that right wing back roll his own. And on the left side, it's going to be interesting to see who plays over there because... They do have Ben Davies, um, uh, Regulone. Regulone's going to be their guy. So they do have guys that can play those wingback roles. It's all going to depend on their center backs because they've, they've let go of Alderweireld. We've talked about Vertonghen not being there. Uh, they have a lot of young guys in Rodon and Tanganya. Um, Sanchez, another guy being there who has had talks of leaving. Um, but Eric Dyer is probably their main guy back there. And like you said, their midfield depth isn't really that up to scratch with uh, Delhi getting a lot of minutes. He's not the same player as in the past. Um, Suzoko winks. Um, I think Harry Harry Skips is back. He was on loan with Norwich last year. Had a phenomenal year with them. Uh, getting promoted. He plays that six role, the holding mid spot, so he can rotate there with Lacelso and Hoiberg. But um, I still think the firepower of Kane and Son is is too much to ignore. Not to put them at least in the top five. So that's my reasoning behind them finishing fifth. All right, cool. Um, I guess we'll shoot into what kind of you want to just alternate here. Who do you have fourth? In fourth place, I have Liverpool. Yeah, so do I. I just they just it's so tough. Not they have not spent. I shouldn't say spent. They have not brought in enough players. Yeah. To compete with the depth that the other clubs have now. Liverpool's been in this weird state the last three seasons where they have not brought in anybody to just solidify like their midfield and attack. Yeah. Um, obviously, last year with Jota is a massive one. I know Evan's a huge fan of him. Yeah, um, He's a quality player for them as well, in my opinion. But like with the injury issues last season, they were lucky to get third. Um, no Van Dyke, Gomez, their whole back line was decimated. Uh, Trent had issues at times, um, not only an injury, but him and Robbo just could not produce the same amount of assists as they did the previous year. Um, both secured seven assists, which is a solid amount, but they were both in the double digits the previous season when they won the league. And hmm. uh, quality, 22 goals. He's he's one of the best forwards in the league. He always produces. Mane, on the other hand. It's a little shaky. There was a time there where he didn't score for, I think, 14 games straight or something ridiculous. And that's something from your second man. Um, you just can't have that happening. He needs to at least be scoring 15 to 20 to push for that top two or even the title, which a lot of people still have them in that range of competing with Man City. And I don't know if they're, I don't know if, if they're at that stage still. I, in my opinion, I think United and Chelsea have passed them to a certain degree where they just have those guys in the depth sheet to compete for those 
for the, the for that top position and losing a guy like Wynaldum on another point is huge and they still haven't brought in a replacement for him so they're lacking in the midfield department which is a major concern for them um Fabinho signed a new extension with them which is nice uh along with Allison but uh, a guy they took a chance on in Thiago Alcantar from Bayern Munich hasn't really paid out and he currently has another um injury issue it might be minor but he's a guy they just can't get the full full potential out of and i don't know why they haven't spent the money that i know they have on getting a replacement they they made their business early with konate which i agree with that's a solid signing obviously they were looking um at upa makano as their first but bayern munich swooped in before anybody else uh, because they just know they just know things yeah. um, <laughs> But Konate's still a solid guy, and I think that's a quality signing for them. But they're just lacking that depth, in my opinion. Yeah. I I mean, I think that's fair. They are lacking a depth, and they don't do enough business to compete with these te- these other teams that are dead set on winning. And yeah. I, I think... It comes down to ownership. Like, Ch- Chelsea are another team where some seasons they'll make a ton of moves and other seasons they won't make a ton of moves. This seems like one of those seasons where they're they're kind of sitting back on their heels. But they just yeah. won the Champions League. I mean, you may see somebody come in here towards the end. Like, they're going to sign somebody, right? They they can't just not do anything. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that when I get to them. Um, but... But you know they they made a t- they did a ton of business last season like a fuck oh, yeah. ton. They bought in they brought in Timo they brought in Havertz. You know they're making they're active they brought in Ziyech they're actively making sure they got fucking Thiago Silva on a free. They're making yep. sure that they have guys like Mount and Conte locked in long term. You know there's constantly stuff going on at Chelsea, but I just don't think that you see that at Liverpool all that much. They seem to be complacent after they won the league they seem to have gotten a little bit complacent you know they waited a long time to get jota in last season and thank god they did because they would have had a really rough season without him um they did have a rough time when he was injured so um yeah i just i don't know they they splashed a lot for van dyke and they spent a little bit of money on kanate you know just just a bit not 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 too much um, but I think that they need to do more business. And I think if they don't do more business, then you're not going to be able to compete and, and keep up with United who are signing Veron and Sancho and making sure that, that, you know, Rashford and all the other guys are firing on, on all cylinders. Um, you're just not going to be able to compete with them. I don't think unless, unless you make sure that you're going to continue to do business and, and they haven't done that. So because of their complacency, I think it's fair for us to put them in fourth. I think we're in agreement there. Mm-hmm. Who do you have in third? I have United in third. Um, I think that it's truly just going to come down to the fact that Chelsea and City are going to be in an absolute war again this year. Um, Chelsea coming off of a Champions League winning season, there is no way that these guys don't at least place top two in the league. Um, and I think that it's more of a it's not anything personal about united like i think that they're a fantastic team but the whole pogba thing is very weird to me and i think you're going to start to see some drama peek out with united that you didn't necessarily see last year 
Um, Veron coming in, partnering up with Maguire is going to be good. Defensively, they're going to be better. I think the midfield could be a mess. Uh, you have Bruno, but everything else is kind of a question mark. You know, McTominay, he's he's going to get more time for sure. But you have Fred and you have Pogba and Matic. I mean, this is probably Matic's last year. Um, it's definitely his last year under contract, but it, it might be his last year playing in the Prem in general. So I don't know if we're going to see Van de Beek. I don't know what kind of partnerships we're going to see here. I don't know if Pogba's going to be leaving for PSG or Madrid or wherever the fuck. Who knows? Um, and then up top, you don't know exactly when Rashford's going to come back. You don't know exactly how he's going to feel when he comes back. You don't know how Sancho's going to pan out because I think he's super overrated. I don't think he's going to be all that great. Cavani, how much does Cavani play? Does he have the legs to start every game? It's a big question mark. Um, and then you have Lingard, who you have to slot back in. And is Martial going to be one of your rotation players, or is he is he not going to like being the rotation player like he has for the past couple seasons? Who knows? Uh, there's a lot of question marks. I don't know what the fuck's going to going to happen with United. I know they're going to be good. I just don't know if they're going to be good enough to win the league. Yeah, I also have United at third. I think we have the same top four. It's the same as last year, but a little bit rearranged. But this team has the potential to do something special, in my opinion. Uh, I think that the, everything can align perfectly for them if if Pogba stays. This guy played absolutely out of his mind during the Euros and was amazing to watch. Um, obviously, we've made the point that having a guy like N'Golo covering your six gives you the luxury to do whatever the hell you want yep. because you know he's going to clean up everything. So... Obviously, he's not going to get that same play from Fred and McTominay and Matic, but there might be moments where he just goes for it, and having a guy like Bruno up there to to contribute uh, to your creativity is always a boost. That might be a reason why he doesn't do as well as he can, because Bruno takes a lot of the ball away from him and does his own thing at times. And with France, he didn't really have that problem in the midfield. He was the main guy in the midfield. So that that might be an issue. I'm hurting, bro. I know. But they just have so much firepower up front that it's just so hard to go against them. Um, You didn't even mention Jane Sancho. Now, you probably think he's overrated, but if he could do anything, like, decent, then they're... going places they're just gonna throw him out on the wing he's gonna waste away like greenwood i'm telling you i already know it i don't know i just think this team has something special potentially that in my opinion they have the best back line in the league competing up to the city i think mcguire and varan is a very scary duo to face yeah probably more scary than stone and diaz uh and also sean wambasaka are lockdown guys uh, whereas with City, you have Zinchenko and Walker and Cancelo. They're all creatively good going forward. Uh, but the, not taking away, they're still solid defenders. But attacking-wise, they're a lot more dangerous than uh, the United pair. Yeah, um, They might have injuries. They might have issues with injuries as well, uh, like Leicester City to that point where if one guy gets hurt, it might be all over for them and it's going to be tough to recover. Um, and we don't even know with how Varane's going to adapt to the league. We don't know. He's been in Spain for 10 years. He's been used to, to sure. La Liga play. Premier League's a whole new ball game for him. 
Uh, he's going to get a lot more altercations. Um, the style of play is completely different. Um, it's something he's never experienced, and he's been he's been always wanting to play for Man United, apparently, yeah. uh, and especially in the Premier League. So that's an extra confidence booster for him, and I'll be excited to see how he does. But I think third is the right spot for them, in my opinion. Okay, yeah, I think we're in agreement. Second, I have Chelsea. Yeah, same. Um, yeah I, I figured we'd have the top four the same. Um, I mean, Chelsea, we, we kind of talked about them earlier. Chelsea, in my opinion, like they, they might have my favorite lineup in the whole league. It's um, frustrating at times because like you do, you can't see everybody you want to on the field at the same time. I, I know. I can't imagine the frustration I would feel at if I were a Chelsea fan because I, I would. Because a lot of these guys has have secondary positions that they can play, but they don't play because Tuchel doesn't want to play them there, which I get it. You don't want to play your guys out of position. Um, Timo Werner is one of my favorite strikers of the last decade. Um, I absolutely adore him. He didn't have a great season last year, but I think he has it in him. I'm just waiting for him to, to find it. Um, and I think as I've matured, I kind of want to see the players that I like perform even if it means they're doing it for a club that I don't have a lot of love for. I'd much rather see a, a player that I like as an individual excel than see a team that I don't like fail. Um, so so Timo Werner is one of those guys for me. Pulisic, obviously another one. I mean, I want him to, to win everything. Um, and he did. He just won you know a Champions League trophy. That's huge. Havertz, I think, is unbelievable as well. Mason Mount. To be doing what he's doing at his age is a marvel. Um, I don't think he I don't think he gets enough praise and he gets a lot of praise. Um Conte, best defensive midfielder we've seen in the last decade. I don't even think that's a question. Um he's everywhere. And then you have classics. I mean you have you have Thiago Silva on this team. Um you have <clears throat> some other fantastic players. Jorginho just won himself a Euro. Um, fantastic, really solid. And then you have other guys that, that are new, that are young, that I think have a ton of talent. You have guys like Ziyech. You have guys like Rudiger, who's who's relatively young at this point. Chilwell. There's so many guys that I like on this team, and I just think that they have one of the most solid and put-together game plans in the entire league. And that's really what it is because they didn't play like this under Frank. You got flashes of it, but you didn't get all of it. And the fact that they have Tuchel now or Tuchel, however you want to say it, because I still don't know how to say his name after all this time. Um, the fact that you have him here with this, with how solid this team is as just a team disregarding the coach. I mean, it's unbelievable. I can see them winning the league, but, but I just don't think that they have, it's more about the money and it's about the prestige that I think City have them beat on still just because of the oil. But but Chelsea, I mean, they're going to be competitors this year. They might win the, the, the UCL again. Who knows? Uh, I just I think that they're going to be in it. I, it. They're interchangeable for me, Chelsea and City, honestly, at first and second. But I have them in second. Yeah, um, I was debating the same thing. The main thing for me is the one thing Frank did better than Tuchel was we scored more goals 
and we were attackingly just more dominant going forward. And having a full year with Tuchel here, if we can retain the same defensive uh, solidarity, uh, not conceding goals a lot, Mendy, absolute star, um, a bargain. Uh, thank you, Petrcheck, for doing your research and being an absolute stud. Um, Demon. He's always fine, great quality goalkeepers. But um, like you said, Thiago Silva being back there for another year with his experience and um, rubbing off whatever um, quality he has left on to these other guys and sharing that information and knowledge and experience um, with these players is always a bonus. So, I mean, he plans on playing until he's like 40, 40, 45, even probably go to Brazil and still be fine. But um, the thing that's going to put us over the edge is a new striker. and. For the past couple weeks, it was Holland. Now it's Lukaku. The board and the execs are serious about bringing somebody in. And it's going to happen. It's going to happen. They're going to bring somebody in for 130 mil. And it's probably going to be Lukaku because Inter Milan are in a state where they need money financially. They've been in a tough spot. They did sell Hakimi. Um, they're right back to PSG for 75 mil. And with another 130 mil, um, they'd be idiots not to sell Lukaku. They're they're not getting a better deal um, at the current stage for a guy like that. Obviously, having Lukaku score back to back 30 goal seasons for them, um, you would think he's untouchable. But yeah, when 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 somebody with that price or with that offer comes knocking on your door, you have to take it. And having a guy like Lukaku back at the club with what he's done and matured into as a player since the last time he was at Chelsea. Um, he had his stint with United and now with Inter, and he's really grown as a player. He's more cultured. That's just going to put us over the edge, having somebody like that. I just don't know how that's going to affect Timo. It's going to push him further out wide, and I don't know how that's going to affect Pulisic's time. Um, preseason, he's been playing more of a wingback role at times mm -hmm. just to get him out there. And I'm okay with that to an extent, just so he's out there. He'll still be creatively good going forward, but it might put us in precarious positions because defensively, he's not the same guy as having as P or Reese James out there. He's not the same build. He doesn't have the same experience, the same technique. So certain moments in the game, it might be nice if we're down or it's a close game, 60th minute, he comes in over there and changes the whole game ta tactically for us, going defensive to offensive. But I, if it's not Lukaku, they're going to bring in somebody. I shouldn't say that. I think Lukaku's the last line. If we don't get him, we're going to have to settle on somebody yeah. not up to that quality or just have to deal with Werner, which I'm okay with. I think this is the year that he breaks out a little bit. He, should, he still shows those signs, and Havertz is another guy that I really expect to, to do great things. Um, and I've always mounts the number one guy for me. That guy's an absolute baller, yeah, in the middle. Um, if he can just stay healthy, uh, he's had a lot of rest since the Euros, um, deserved rest. Um, I mean, I can go on and on. There's so many quality players, Chilwell, uh, Ziyech recently in today's preseason game against Spurs had a brace. So we have the depth to compete against City. It's just going to come down to that one missing piece, and I think Lukaku's that guy that can get us the title this year. And I really, I really wanted it to happen. I really wanted us to put them at one, but 
<clears throat> deep down, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, I just don't think it's going to happen. Maybe next year something will fall, but I just can't see it being this year. Uh, apparently, Arsenal are talking to Lautaro Martinez, so I hope... Uh, I think they've said that the 80 mils their price. That's a fucking lot. That's a lot. It's going to go up if Lukaku leaves. Well, I mean, there, there's no way they sell him if Lukaku leaves. I, don't, I just mm-hmm. don't see that happening. I can hear both of our voices going. <laughs> We've been talking for a long time now. Um, and in first place, I mean, I have Manchester City. What more do yeah. I need to say? What do we need to say about Manchester City? They just signed Jack Grealish today. They agreed a fee of 100 million British pounds, which is close to 130 million euros and even more dollars. Um, so, I mean, they don't look like they're stopping anytime soon. They Pep gets the absolute best out of every single player he puts on that fucking pitch. It doesn't matter if that player's been done for years. I mean, look at Gundogan. Look what he got out of Gundogan last year. Um, turned him into a top five uh, midfielder in the Premier League. For a while, he was top two, top three. So... I just think that that City continue to get everything they want out of their players. I think that they they have one of those stretches of absolute dominance where they don't drop a point in 20 games. It's going to happen again. I just know that it's going to happen. So, um I don't is there even anything else to say about City? I mean, they're made of money. They have a great coach. They have a great club culture it seems. They've amassed a ton of fans plastic fans but fans nonetheless and and they just seem really unstoppable to me i think their only main problem is the striker position um losing yeah. somebody like aguero with that reputation is a massive loss and jesus is a quality player but they don't really have anybody any other true striker on that team to play there um they've slipped in de bruyne sterling mares foden you name it that They'll play the false nine, how Pep played Messi in there. Obviously not up to that standard, but they can wiggle their way around not having a main striker. And it works for City. That's just how Pep is and how it's worked. So it's okay if they don't get Harry Kane this year, which it's looking like it. Yeah. But um, next year is going to put them in contention for Holland, and that'll be a whole new story. Um, but, But yeah, I mean, Sterling... Coming off a phenomenal Euros, Mares has been lighting up in preseason. He, in my opinion, is the most dangerous dribbler of the ball in the league. Um, he's so fun to watch. Um, Foden, obviously dealing with a little bit of an injury. He might miss the first few games. But signing Jack Grealish, like you said, brings so much um, attack firepower. He was the most. He's always been the most fouled player in the league, yep. which gives which gives City even more. Um, danger because on set pieces when you have Kevin De Bruyne line up in front of that ball he is absolutely deadly and that doesn't even and we're not even mentioning all the other guys all these other guys Mares, Gundogan they have so many guys that can take free kicks too so that just adds more goals to their tally and they might even do what they've done in the past they might score over 100 goals this year yeah so I think it's without being without going without being said that City is the outright favorite this year to be back-to-back winners. Indeed they are. I'm just glad that we're in agreement. Um, all right. Is that I'm it? Tapped. You're I'm tapped? tapped yeah. Guys, that's it. We're probably coming up on two hours here. An hour, 50 minutes. 
But boy, was it worth it. We are both so excited for the Premier League season to start. I cannot wait just a couple days yep. now. Um, the first game is the 13th Arsenal take on Brentford. We're leading off the season, so I am very excited. Um, I thank you all for listening. If you've been here with us through an hour and 50 minutes, I mean, you deserve an Shout award yourself. You. you win first place, not City. Um, so thank you guys, as always, for watching. Make sure you check us out on social media at Post20Pod. You can find our podcast where our podcasts are carried, Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud. Um, and then soon enough, I think we should probably be getting back to YouTube. Um, I'm kind of deciding on a camera still, and then I need to get some accessories um, for said camera. So within the next month, we should be back at it. Um and then um, yeah i mean that's it thank you guys uh thank you guys for listening matt anything from you yep next wednesday is going to be our first uh prediction week of week one with the premier league we'll update you if any new news has come out if lukaku has moved to chelsea which would be insane um any other deals probably arsenal with james madison i know evan would be excited for that but yeah, yeah next next wednesday is going to be the start of a long journey uh, until May of us talking about Premier League and that. So we're, we are back into the grind. Yep. All right. That's it, guys. Um, we will see you next week and uh, take care of yourselves. Bye bye.